Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, Gelcats, welcome back to another episode of Intoxicated. I am your host, Kelsey Davies. I am here with Lola, my haunted doll. It's just me today. I'm still moving. I know I said that last time, but it's been it's been a long, wild ride, and we're still doing it. So I got the keys to the apartment yesterday. It's so beautiful, you guys. I am so, so excited to share it. If you guys want to see it, you can follow me on YouTube. Subscribe to me on YouTube, K-E-L-S-I-D-A-V-I-E-S. If you guys want to see some vlogs and haunted videos and stuff like that, I got all those on my YouTube channel. Tito, my cat's joining us. My cat is my special guest for the day. Tito, say something. He licked my face, thank you. So my new apartment has a spiral staircase that has a loft in it and it's really, really cute. I'm gonna try to do a little studio space up there, like a little intoxicated studio area so that I can film and have like a cool background and have different camera angles and stuff like that. We wanna up the game of this podcast. You guys are liking it and I'm super stoked that you guys like it. I love doing these podcasts. I'm gonna have more special guests. I will 1000 million percent have one next week, but it's just gonna be me today so i'm sorry but you're stuck with me with my 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 voice but last week i kind of told you guys that we were gonna talk about like christmas horror stories this week christmas is coming up merry christmas if you guys celebrate it happy holidays whatever you celebrate i hope you have an amazing holiday and i hope that your holiday isn't as freaky as some of these stories we're about to go through oh my god i forgot to say what my intoxicated choice of the night is where is my head at you guys i've been so freaking stressed moving is just it's it's always stressful. I'm really high as usual. Maybe I don't even have to do my intoxicated choice because I'm always high. I had some Jack Herrer, Herrer, Herrer? I don't really know what, how to pronounce it. Jack Herrer, some, something like that, but it's a sativa and it's really nice. Makes me talk a lot, so it really got me ready for this podcast. Makes me talk too much. Sometimes like I, I cannot smoke it before I go to bed. Otherwise I will be up all night. Like it's it's bad. It's like caffeine. Before bed, I usually smoke that ultra exotic fucking incredible. That puts me out. That, that stuff is, that stuff is so good. It's probably one of my favorites. That indica though, yes. Okay, so I just found this website. It's called Cafe Mom. I don't know. It, it just says basically like five true Christmas ghost stories to keep you awake at night until Santa comes. Ooh, Santa, you better come quick. Woo, because these, it says these Christmas ghost stories are gonna send chills down your spine. If you guys get chills down your spine, let me know in the comments. <laughs> Okay, this one's called The Bright Light and the Calm Watchdog. So it says, I had an unusual visitor on Christmas Day 2008, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't Santa Claus passing by my house in Bloomington, Indiana. So this happened 
In Indiana, there's a lot of ghost stories up there, a lot of haunted locations. The day started in typical fashion with the opening of gifts around the Christmas tree. I served an early Christmas dinner for family and friends, and everyone departed by 5 p.m. except for my sister and brother-in-law who live with me. Guys, sorry, I'm really high. It's really hard to read when you're high. They were sleeping in a bedroom at the end of the hall with the door open. I went into my bedroom with my dog, Toby, and shut the door securely. I was just dozing off when I heard the latch on my bedroom door open. I waited several seconds for my sister and brother-in-law to ask me whatever they came to say, but there was no sound. It was almost 7 p.m., so my room was pitch black. Wait, what? Were they in bed by 7? I guess you kind of do that if you like eat a lot on Christmas or like have a big dinner. Maybe maybe they were just like sleeping it off. Seven's so freaking early though. I had left lights on in the kitchen and the bathroom and there were lots of Christmas lights in the living room. So the hallway would have been well lit. Okay, I don't know why they're still going on about the lighting. I would be able to see whoever was at the door just by lifting my head. Okay, got it. So they couldn't see who was at the door because it was pitch black. All right. I pushed the blankets down. They just like kept going on about like why they like, I don't know why they didn't just get to the freaking point. I pushed the blankets down and lifted my head from the pillow. But just as I would have been able, just as I would have been able to see who was in the doorway, an extremely bright light hit me right in the eyes. I shielded my eyes and yelled, Turn that fucking light off, you're blinding me. The light immediately disappeared and I heard the bedroom door latch close. My bedside light is a touch lamp. <laughs> That's so specific. <laughs> like, they're like really digging into this story. Um, so I tapped it on the side <laughs> and looked around the bedroom. <laughs> I don't know why I think this is funny. Like, they just go into like... Things that are just so unnecessary, like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, there was no one in the bedroom except me and Toby. Toby's the dog. Toby jumped off the bed and went to the door without showing any signs of alarm. At first, I wasn't frightened because Toby is a dick. Oh my god, <laughs> Toby is a Dutch shepherd. I totally, I don't even know how I read that like that. I guess I just have a really dirty mind. Toby is a Dutch Shepherd, well-trained to be an excellent watchdog and proven personal protection dog. Okay, we get it. Since Toby was already up, I decided to let him go outside and see what sis or brother-in-law needed. When I went to the hallway, I could see both of them still in bed. I took Toby to the living room and let him outside. No one was there either. So who opened my bedroom door and turned a spotlight on my face? That is weird, like... I can't think of like, if it was like a ghost or something, why would it have a giant spotlight? Like that's kind of alarming. That's really weird. Like most people, the thoughts of loved ones are always close at hand during the holiday season. When I first went to lie down, I was thinking how happy I was that my small family had enjoyed a pleasant Christmas. But it would have been so much better if my brother and my mother and brother had still been alive to share it with us. I would like to think it was my brother's spirit stopping by to say Merry Christmas. I still think you too. Wow. I haven't been able to debunk this strange event or find any kind of rational explanation. I'm half afraid that my heart stopped during my sleep and the light that I saw was the bright light people report after near-death experiences. Oh my gosh. 
Leave it to me to see the stairway to heaven and ruin my chance at eternal paradise by saying, turn that fucking light off. <laughs> I've made a mental note that if I ever see another bright light to clean up my language just in case. That's actually crazy. Like, I don't know. Has anyone ever experienced that? I don't think I've had like an experience like that with a spirit where it's like, bright like that I mean I've seen little flashes of light and stuff but I have not had like a spotlight in my face I couldn't even imagine what if it was like an alien or something I don't freaking know what do you guys think that was like I really want to I'm super curious because I haven't really heard you don't really hear about things like this or I haven't at least next story is the returned relative it was Christmas time of 1995 or 96, I can't remember, at my aunt's house on reservation in North Dakota. Some of my family was in the living room watching television. The kids were playing in the rooms or sleeping and my uncle, aunt, and I were sitting at the table putting a puzzle together. My cousin who worked at a casino would come home around midnight or 1 a.m. 95 or 96, midnight or 1 a.m. Which one fucking is it? Okay, the night as she pulled up and was walking towards the house, she looked in the window and saw me sitting at the table, my uncle sitting across from me and someone standing to the left of me, also someone standing in the corner. So she continued to walk in the house thinking nothing of it. And as we were sitting there talking, she looked at me and asked who was standing next to me a few minutes ago and who was in the corner. Ooh, I told her. I told her no one and she said, yeah, there was someone sitting next to you. It looked like your mom and she was playing with your hair. I have long hair, which I used to wear down all the time. She said this person was running her hand on my hair like a mother does to a child. Aww. I've actually seen that before. Like, that's really interesting. It kind of freaked me out being I was probably only 12 or 13 at the time. <laughs> which one fucking is it? Is it 12 or 13? That's like a big difference. I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm just fucking around. No hate to the people who wrote these stories, but like, damn, they're specific. My cousin swears up and down that someone was standing over me, rubbing my head and watching me put the puzzle together with my aunt and uncle, and that there was another person standing behind this person. We got around to thinking it was probably her mom she saw. Oh, her mom passed away on her birthday a week before Christmas back in 1992. That's really interesting. Maybe the mother was... Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers. And most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com showing her that because the way spirits communicate sometimes is like they give you signs or they'll give you like it's really hard to explain like um i'm not very good with my words so sometimes i can't explain what i'm seeing like my psychic things and like spirits and stuff sometimes i literally don't know how to put it into words as a sign maybe her mom was doing that like in front of her to show a motherly figure just to show like mom, you know, like mom, basically. That's kind of how they communicate. That's why it's really hard to get names and stuff like that because you don't always hear them like, sometimes I'll hear them like a person in my ear. I'll hear their voice, but it's so vague and so like, it's like one word. They'll be like stairs. And I'm like, stairs, what do you mean? Are you standing on the stairs? You want me to go to the stairs, you know? It's just like, I have to figure it out. So that's really interesting. Then she goes, in my family, we consider our aunts and uncles to be just like our moms and dads. And after thinking that it could have been her, it didn't scare me so much. However, we couldn't figure out who the person was standing in the corner. And always around Christmas time, something strange happens and we just think it's her visiting us. Wow, that's crazy that it's every Christmas. Like, that's so cool though. That's a really cool story. I like stories like that. So I went to my apartment today, um, my new apartment, and it's in this super old area. It's called Old Town. Like it's this old historic area. And the building has so much energy when you walk in. Like I loved the energy. I absolutely loved it. Some places have more negative energy and I don't know how to explain it. Like whenever I walk anywhere, like there's just different energies and I really loved this one. Like it was just so historic and stuff. So I walk in today, the apartment's empty and we were moving some boxes in and I walked into the kitchen. I see this lady standing there with this black dress on. Like I feel like she was from, ugh, I'm so bad with eras, maybe early 1900s, something like that. But she was standing like right like I'm like envisioning it right now. She was, I walked into the kitchen. I looked to my right and I just see her like short standing there kind of greeting me almost like it, it surprised me because I wasn't expecting that. I was just walking into the kitchen, you know, not expecting a spirit to greet me. 
but she did. So I feel like she's a positive spirit. I didn't feel anything negative towards her, but I'm really interested to see what I figure out with this lady. I don't know. I'll keep you guys updated on that, but I feel like there's... There was also another spirit, but I couldn't figure out what it was. Like I just kept seeing a shadow by me like constantly. At one point I felt like it might've been a young boy. Oh my gosh, my cat's just like sitting on me. Tito, do you have to sit on me right now? Is this the time, man? But yeah, like I felt like it was a little boy, but I, I don't know. I couldn't really like, I don't know. I was just putting my clothes away when I kept seeing him and I wasn't, I just wasn't really focused on that at the moment. Like I focus on one thing at a time. I'm like, I gotta get these clothes done. Like it's kind of like OCD, I guess. I just like, I have to finish my tasks. <laughs> okay, next Christmas haunted, weird, creepy story. This is called The Haunted Tree. My parents and I lived in a small home that was around 90 years old. The year would have been 1996. We lived there from the time I was seven years old to the time that I was 19. From the very day that we moved in, I felt like I was not alone. One year around Christmas time, I was having a friend spend the night. The heat had just shut off briefly and she and I were sitting in the living room watching TV when the temperature dropped substantially. Yeah, that's a common thing. Like it'll just get freezing and you're like, it doesn't make sense. As I rose to turn up the heat, the Christmas tree began to shake violently. Ooh, sounds like poltergeist activity. Ornaments were falling off right and left and she and I were terrified. Oh my gosh. Either they had a cat that like jumped in the tree or this is like a poltergeist thing. That's crazy. We ran upstairs and laid down in my bed. My white cat, oh my gosh, my white cat curled up with us and the door was open slightly. So they did have a cat. I wonder, maybe, I don't know, like the temperature drop, yeah, but like maybe the cat was in the tree? I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, unless it was a poltergeist or something. When I gazed out into the dark hallway, I was horrified to see a tall white figure run down the hall. Ugh, that's creepy. I turned to my friend and she acknowledged that she had seen the same exact thing. She never spent the night ever again. <laughs> That's how like a lot of my friends are. They're like, I'm scared to come to your like your house. I'm like, why? Like most houses I've been to, even if they say, oh, it's not haunted, there's spirits in there. Like they're just like there, you know, they might not be like acknowledged or like a poltergeist or something like negative that's going to make you know that they're there, but most of the freaking time they're there. It's crazy when you see the same thing as someone. Like it's, even with me, like even having these gifts and stuff, it's nice to have validation for what I see and what I feel because sometimes you feel crazy. Like people don't believe you and they call you crazy all the time and you're like, I cannot like, I cannot make this shit up. Like, I, I am the worst freaking liar. But, like, have just having someone there to validate you and just, like, they know, too. You know, they see the same freaking thing. That's crazy. All right, the figure in the recliner. Oh, someone was chilling in the recliner chair. My mother, to whom I was very close with, passed away in 1964 when I was 17 years old. Oh, that's sad. I left home that year and moved to Ontario from Nova Scotia. Where is that? Nova Scotia. 
in it's in Nova Scotia. In 1969, I met a girl whom I will call Karen, and we got married in March of 1970. In December of 1971, we were expecting our first child. We were living in a small one to a one and a half bedroom bungalow. What is a half a bedroom? I haven't even, like, I've heard of, like, half bath, I guess. There was a fireplace in the living room. My wife and I loved the fireplace, and we had it lit every night. Romantic. It was Christmas Eve 1971, and we had just put, finished putting the gifts under the tree, and a nice fire gave off a beautiful glow. On the tree, one string of lights, which was supposed to flash, had stopped several days before. It was five minutes to midnight when the fireplace suddenly just about went out, and the string of lights started to flash, and the other lights stopped flashing. I've heard of that like stranger things, like spirits communicating through lights like that. That's like a way spirits communicate too, is through lights, electricity, like it has so much energy that they're able to like manipulate it. So that string of lights started to flash and all the other lights that were on went out. My wife and I were sitting on the floor and it had become very chilly in the room. I looked over to my lazy boy chair and a figure was sitting there. My mother with a big, beautiful smile on her face. Oh my gosh. My wife, who had never met my mother, said she could see the same thing. This ghost never spoke, but just kept looking at me and my wife smiling. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. That's so crazy. So she she got to meet the wife and see her son again. Oh my gosh. At 12 midnight, the fire in the fireplace started up again and the lights on the tree stopped flashing. Then the others started flashing again. I looked over in the chair and the ghost was gone. No matter what I did to those Christmas lights, they never flashed again. Wow, that is beautiful. Could you imagine? It's so crazy. Like, even when I do readings and stuff with people and I connect them, like, you see them smiling. Like, they get so excited that they're being acknowledged and they're being, like, they're, like, given a voice because could you imagine just, like, going around, no one could hear you, no one could see you. Like, that's, they are so happy when you see them a lot of the times. Okay, this one is the Ghostly Christmas Choir. On Christmas Eve night, 1978, at about 3 a.m. in Klamath Falls, Oregon, I was suddenly awakened by a choir singing. Could you imagine being... I would be fucking pissed. Like, if a whole-ass choir fucking woke me up, I would be fucking mortified. I had... You know what I have? I have those zip patches. Like the... I forgot the hydraulic patches or whatever you put on. I have those all over my face. So they would want, <laughs> I would just be fucking mortified. I got my zip patches all over my fucking face. Oh my God. The house was new construction miles from the nearest church. I strained to hear any words that I could understand or a tune that I could identify, but I could not understand the language or the tune. What? I did get a feeling of angelic, Exaltation? Wait, exaltation? Exaltation? I don't even, I've never even heard that word. Reverence and gladness of heart. Um, this was truly a heavenly choir lifting their voices on high, singing Hosanna in the highest, in an unknown tongue, 
without accomplishment. Oh my god, this guy has like, this guy's smart. Wait, accompaniment of instruments. Bro, I am too high to read that shit. I examined the TV, but it was turned off, as was the radio. I explored outside, but the singing was not heard outdoors. The way the countless male, female, and children's voices entwined together, the tonals going from operatic highs to deepest bass voices in perfect harmony, it must have lasted about 10 minutes, but it was touching for an eternity. Dude, I don't know if I would be freaked out by that or if, like, it would be touching. Like, why? What? I don't know if, I mean, 10 minutes of, like, singing? That's, like, intense. Let me know if you guys believe that story. I mean, if she heard it for, like, a little bit, I think I would believe it more. But, I mean, I don't want to, like, not believe her, you know? I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some truth to it. Okay, those are some ghost stories. Now we're gonna get into some murder stories. Christmas murders. These ones are scary. Yeah, like the ghost ones, yeah, they're like kind of freaky, you know, but like the murders, that's the shit that scares me. This happened in Covina. This was the Covina massacre. So the killer, Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, showed up at a holiday party wearing a festive Santa Claus costume. The problem was he was not invited and he was out for blood. Pardo opened fire on his ex-wife Sylvia Ortega Pardo and approximately 25 of her guests, including an eight-year-old girl who answered the door before unwrapping the gift he had brought, which was a homemade flamethrower. Ugh. This stuff just makes me sick to my stomach. It's like, what even goes through their minds when they're walking, like driving there, planning it, walking through the door, seeing everyone's faces? Does that stuff freak you out too, Tito? He's literally sitting like in front of the camera. Okay, so this was from a clinical psychologist and it says, because the winter holidays have a strong promotion of being family holidays, Murder during these times is often associated with the killer having recently lost a loved one, having an anger toward a rejecting former lover or spouse, or being resentful of a family that appears to have it all. So this goes into the background a little bit. It says that Pardo's divorce had just been finalized a week before. So this did have to do like rejection and like the, a spouse, you know, type thing. Police speculated this was the trigger that led to his massacre of nine people, but it's like, why go to that depth because of someone not wanting to be with you? Or, like, I don't get that. Pardo carried a plane ticket that pointed to a, a getaway plan. He took his own life shortly after the attack. Wow. And not before starting a fire that consumed the house in flames. The victims had to be identified through dental records. This fire was huge. It took 80 firefighters nearly two hours to extinguish this house fire. See, this stuff just makes me sad because it's like taking these lives. Like, what makes you feel so powerful and so, like, godly to take away people's lives like i it's just so sickening okay this one is the dallas christmas killings 
Another killer, Santa Aziz, oh my gosh, I cannot say this last name, Yazdanpana, who donned the festive red and white outfit in the anticipation of his rampage on Christmas Day in 2011. He entered his estranged wife's Dallas, Texas home and began shooting the family. They had just finished unwrapping presents. All in all, he murdered six people, including his wife and two children, before killing himself. It pisses me off when they kill themselves after. It's like, why did you do all that if you, like, if you were just gonna off yourself? Like, it's just, oh my gosh. The victims and two handguns were discovered in the kitchen and the living room with presents and wrapping paper all over the floor. That's so gruesome, like, for the, like, people who, you know, have to go in, like, the cops or whoever, like, the first responders are, like, going into that scene must be so traumatizing. Yazdan, oh my god, I really can't, Yazdan Pana had been dealing with financial and marital issues, which detectives believe contributed to his mindset before the murder-suicide. Wow. Like the Covina case, it's likely the suicide was a last-minute decision when the killer found himself overwhelmed. The crime scene showed attempts by the killer, I can't say his name, to frame his brother-in-law by placing one of the guns in his hand. So he was gonna frame his brother-in-law for... Wow. That's just like so awful, so freaking sad. All right, we're gonna read one more, and this was the Lawson family murders. I've definitely heard of this one. On Christmas Day back in 1929, Charlie Lawson killed his wife and all but one of his seven children at his Germantown, North Carolina home. Ugh, could you imagine just being the only one that survived and just days after getting the family together for an expensive family portrait and shortly after he and his eldest son arthur went hunting lawson hid by the barn and ambushed two of his daughters shooting then blood joning them what does that mean walking back towards the house he killed his wife on the porch and then hunted down his oldest daughter and two youngest sons who were hiding inside. Then he went into the woods where he killed himself. The sole survivor of the massacre was Arthur, who was 16 years old. He had gone into town for some extra ammunition after their morning hunt. So he just came home to find that. Although we still don't know why Lawson killed his family, Carr says murders in general are more likely to be committed by someone in the victim's family than by a stranger. Yeah. Like coming home on Christmas to your family being massacred. That's awful. There's just so many crazy stories of like killers and stuff. I don't know if you guys want an episode on that, but I really want to get into um, Jack the Ripper. I don't know if you guys like know who that is jack the ripper they never figured out who it was but they do have some speculations apparently some people think that they did identify who jack the ripper was and we will get into that in the next episode of intoxicated thank you guys so much for watching and or listening i'm sorry it got so dark like that was, this was a dark episode so just just stay calm out there let's get through the holidays 
we got this. I hope that you guys have an amazing holiday season. Don't forget that we have intoxicated merch. It is available basically on any link in my social media bios and YouTube descriptions. My social media, you guys can follow me. It is K-E-L-S-I-I-D-A-V-I-E-S-S, -I -I -E -S -S, pretty much on everything. And then my YouTube channel is just K-E-L-S-I-D-A-V-I-E-S. -I -I -E Please give this podcast five stars. I will have a guest next week and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Stay woke, everyone. Mm -hmm.